It's time for JT the Brick. Receiver from the University of Colorado, number 21, Cliff Branch. We kick off the summer of Cliff Branch. Puckett drops back to pass. Steps up. He looks. Over the middle. He's got it. Touchdown Raiders! It's by Cliff Branch! The summer of Cliff. Cliff Branch. All summer long. JT the Brick. Prepare your phone call. I want Cliff content from you. Stabler plays right back to pass. It's a big rush out. He'll cut the man. Stabler's throwing deep for Branch. He's out of the 20. What separated Cliff was he was amazing, meticulous route runner. As we count down to Cliff, the summer of Cliff on the flagship. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, great to have you today. JT, countdown to Canton in the summer of Cliff Branch as it continues. And as we wrap up that programming, we're getting on a flight on Wednesday to head out on to Canton. And then we'll celebrate live and in person, a lot of radio I'll be hosting the pregame show Thursday night from Canton. We'll have the game. We'll introduce Jason Horowitz, who's coming in as the play-by-play voice. There's just a lot happening, and it's all about Cliff Branch, the game, Mark Davis, Elaine Branch, Cliff's sister, and the Raiders really stepping up and making a statement like I've never seen before, and I've been doing this 26 years. I've been with this 24 years with the Raiders. I've been back to the Hall of Fame, and I've never seen anything like this. Never. And they've done some big, big, big events in Raider history, and this is one of the biggest. So I'm excited to be a part of it. We'll have more to tell you about it when we get out there. Follow me on Twitter, at JTTheBrick. We're brought to you by our great friends at Golden Entertainment, as they own PTs, Sean Patrick, Sierra Gold, the SG Bar, all their locations, the Laughlin Entertainment Center, that beautiful spot to see concerts. They own the Stratosphere which is really getting better and better by the day. But those PTs fuels the monologue. Head to the best happy hour in town from 5 to 7. Midnight to 2, get out of the heat. Get an ice-cold beverage if you're a gamer. Game, have fun, and watch sports. That's why they're a perfect partner for us. Today's a big day because of the Deshaun Watson settlement and the talks and everything that happened, which he got the minimum of six games. I find that repulsive. I find that pathetic. I'm pretty angry about it. I'm angry about it for fans and female fans that are out there and for these women who are settling as they're trying to get this case to move on and put this in the rearview mirror in the NFL. So when that came today, I've said a year from day one. Always said a year. I think a year settles this fine. But the fact that this was a nonviolent accusation with this Judge Robinson report, they continue to go back to nonviolence with the pattern that he had, the bad behavior pattern there, the league, this judge didn't want to set a precedent of a year. Didn't want to do that. And the NFL nor this judge thought, never thought this could happen. After looking at all the documents today and trying to put the show together, no one thought anything like this could happen. You know, there's domestic violence all the time. But this is a nonviolent issue with lewd and crude behavior Some people deem it sexual misconduct, sexual assault, but there wasn't a violent crime there, and Deshaun Watson was not brought up criminally on this. And once that happened, where the grand jury, two of them, did not go forward with the case, that's what saved him. That really was the case. Now, Roger Goodell has the ability to appeal on this, and he has to. If he doesn't appeal on this, then I think a lot of fans are going to be upset about it. I think that's going to be a big deal if there isn't an appeal. And on the appeal, I don't think that they're going to go from 6 to 17 games. They might go 6 to 8, 6 to 10. And that's where we stand today. We have two really big guests, A.J. Perez 
front office sports, is going to join us. He's been covering the story. And then Mike Florio at the top of the hour from Pro Football Talk. Nobody has covered this story better. No, no one's even close. It's Florio and everybody else. That's a big get today. So we'll talk to him. And as he reported, the Judge Robinson, she rejected Deshaun Watson's categoric denial of the allegations against him. You know, as I read through this, and it took up most of my morning here to get ready for this show because I was on last night and I knew that this was coming. I knew this was coming today because they made it clear. Andrew Brandt, the former executive for the Green Bay Packers, who now is the executive director of the Morad Center of Villanova, and he's one of the sharpest guys out there. He went through this line by line. And I just want to read some of the lines here in paragraphs so you could be more f- familiar with the biggest story in sports today. From Andrew Brandt, here is the key. It is undisputed that prior cases involving nonviolent sexual assault have resulted in discipline far less severe than what the NFL proposes here. With the most severe penalty being a three-game suspension for a player who had previously warned about his conduct. So that's one of the things that he read in the judge's decision. But listen to this from the judge. Quote, Mr. Watson's predatory conduct cast a negative light on the league and its players sufficient proof that he violated the provisions of the policy. Wow. And that only gets six games? Quote, I find that the NFL has carried its burden to prove by a predominance of the evidence that Mr. Watson's conduct posed a genuine danger to the safety and well-being of another person. Wow. Danger and safety. Here's another excerpt. Mr. Watson had a sexual purpose, not just a therapeutic purpose, in making these arrangements with these particular therapists. The NFL has produced sufficient circumstantial evidence to prove that Mr. Watson knew such sexualized conduct was unwanted. Six games. Quote, the NFL is a private organization and can operate as it deems fit. But the post hoc determination of what constitutes prohibited conduct here cannot genuinely satisfy the fairness prong of standard of review or justify imposition of unprecedented sanction requested by the NFL. So the NFL can't just unprecedented ask for sanctions of a year. And one more that I thought was really important here from the judge. Reasoning for not imposing harsher suspension seems to come down to the NFL precedent being much lower for nonviolent sexual assault. Everybody get that now? Nonviolent, but sexual assault. Okay. I obviously think, and again, you have kids in the car. I understand the time slot we're in, lunchtime, kids going back to school. But let that sink in on what this means going forward. Mr. Watson's pattern of conduct is more egregious than any before reviewed by the NFL. Six games. Really? Six games. So how do we move the topic forward? That's my job. You know what's happening today. It's breaking news. Deshaun Watson gets 16 pages. The full 15-page decision Mike Florio posted. He's going to join us within an hour. But how do you feel about the league today? I love the NFL. I love the Raiders. I love the history of the league. I love the, the Hall of Fame. So I'm not an anti-NFL guy. I know the NFL's got some really tough decisions. 
They do. They have really tough decisions that they have to make, and the commissioner makes roughly 45 to $50 million. 45 to $50 million he makes. So he's got to protect the shield. But that issue becomes really important now because I don't think the shield's been protected with six games. I think six games is disrespectful to women. These massage therapists that have great careers and lives in front of them, I think it did damage in their personal lives into their mental well-being. I think this is defamation against women. This is a female issue as the massage therapists were women and this was a sexual deviant behavior by a $230 million player. Guaranteed. And he gets off because of the way that they made that contract where he gets 40-something million in a signing bonus and one million in a salary. So they whack him for six games and he loses 380 grand. So with all of that, I'm pretty upset about everything happening here. I really am. I'm really upset about this. Am I going to die on the hill, which is a term I often use? No, I die on the hill for my my sons, my wife. I don't die on the hill for Deshaun Watson. And I want to tone it down a bit because Fred Bolitnikoff's going to join us, one of the all-time greats. But, I mean, I'm not horrified by this, but I'm really pissed off. I got two sisters. I have a wife. I got a mom. I'm really upset about this. And I think this is over the top. I think six games is a joke. It's pathetic. And the commissioner has got to go out, and he's got to appeal, and he's got to get more games. Is that good enough for everybody? That's all I got. 702-365-9200. The passing of Bill Russell is a massive story. I did that show last night. Brian Scalabrini will join us today. An executive for, well, he's a broadcaster for the Celtics. He won a championship with them. And my conversation with Stephen A. Smith, the biggest guy in media by far, called in to me on that topic, and it's a big deal. So uh, that's where we're at. That's where we're at now. And I, you know, I'm, I'm really upset about Deshaun Watson. I went to bed last night thinking he probably wasn't going to get a year. He was probably going to get 10 to 12 games, and they came back with six. And I, I think that is really bad. I got a serious problem with that, and I think you should too. So if you have an opinion on that, let me know what you think. And give us a call at 702-365-9200 and tell me what you think needs to happen going forward on this appeal. Protect the shield, right? That's what I've lived by with the Raiders. Protect the Raiders' shield. Every show I've ever done, every time I walked into a room with Raiders, that's always about the shield. And we have to make sure that the shield is protected. The bigger shield is the NFL the league, and everybody's just confused about what should happen here because they don't want to set a precedent going forward for nonviolent, deviant, sexual behavior. So that's where we stand at this point, and where where you want to talk about is up to you. Uh, I'm upset. I'm borderline furious. I'm really upset about this, and I'm surprised by this. So we'll get to that on another side. The summer of Cliff Branch continues with one of the greatest players of all time. He joins us live from his second home. Well, his second home's Erie, his original home, but he's in Canton a lot, especially lately. The great Fred Bolitnikoff joins us, one of Cliff Branch's best friends, a mentor to him. Uh, Freddie, you're on the ground in Canton. Tell me about it. How you doing? 
I'm warming up the town for you. Okay, we'll be able, I'll be warming up benders for you this, uh, this evening, Angela and I. And I just got a little pool time in, and the weather's a little cloudy, but it's nice. This is so such going good. Great. This is so cool. This is so great for you. We, we've covered the fact that Cliff isn't here, but his family will be here. Uh, we'll keep the itinerary between us until it gets closer to the weekend. But for you. And Cliff, we play the sound. He called your father and what you meant to him. Now that you're on the ground in Canton and you're seeing Cliff up on the side of the stadium and the buildings there, what does that mean to you and Angela? It's unbelievable. When we drove in yesterday, uh, you know, when we were passing the Hall of Fame in the stadium and see that up there uh, with Clifford, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, at first you don't believe it, you know, and then all of a sudden it hits you. And uh, I just started laughing, you know, because, I mean, I'll tell you what, it means a lot to me, a great deal. You know, you, you know how much it means to me uh, to see that guy up there. I mean, I love the guy. I miss him. Uh, he, was a ter- he was a great player, a terrific, great, outstanding guy. And to make sure and have his family see how they're honoring Cliff and have, his, have that big thing. It's about 200 feet long. I don't know how long it is, but to see him up there with 21 uh, it's amazing. Amazing. Fred Bolitnikoff joins us. So, you know, two years ago when he was left off that makeup class that we talked about, and he didn't get in on that, <laughs> and we were, we were scratching our head for a lot of reasons, clearly there, and then Coach Flores made it in, and now we're back to Cliff again. So you've been going back, and you were there for Snake, and you go back because it's a big part of your life, and then you just had Coach Flores, and now you have Cliff. Yep. Are you sensing that the veterans and the legends like yourself with gold jackets and other players who don't have gold jackets feel like a wrong was righted with Cliff Branch. Oh, absolutely. I, I truly believe that. You know, I've always felt over the years how I felt about him not getting into the Hall of Fame and comparing everything he did through his career with, us, with a, a lot of us, the receivers that are in the Hall of Fame, that it was just a big, big injustice. And you know how I always hated that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to see him get in the Hall of Fame, but now he's in. I'll tell you what, and I know, I listen, I know him and a snake are running around somewhere on, <laughs> around here in town. I don't know where, but they're running around together. I know that, both happy as hell. And uh, I'll tell you, it just means so much to me to think about uh, Clifford when he was just a young kid, uh, when he first came to the Raiders, and watch him develop and develop such a great work ethic and a commitment to what he was doing and learning how to play that position and knowing that, you know, uh, when they had that sign up in Oakland in the corner, speed kills, mm-hmm. well, he knew what that meant. And uh, he used it. He certainly used it over the years, which we all had the great pleasure and treat uh, game by game in Oakland to see that happen. And uh, uh, there was nobody happier than me to see that ball thrown deep to him and him running under it. Uh, I was watching some of the old film on what one play he made. He had to come back for a ball. He fell down, got up and ran in the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, that was Cliff, you know, somebody that would be devastating on the field and people feared him. And that was a great thing. It's like it's like the, one of the models, you know. You want to put fear in people that you're playing against, and he certainly did that. Wrapping it up with Fred Bolitnikoff, uh, can you give us a Mr. Davis story about Cliff 
and you, like you have a big game, Cliff has a big game. Cliff has two touchdowns, you have one. You have two, Cliff has none. Like Mr. Davis had both of you for a time, along with Dave Casper, these great quarterbacks. So what was it like if you and Cliff, Freddie, are walking by together and here comes Mr. Davis walking up to you, man? There's got to be a story there. I'll tell you what Al would do all the time. He'd get that fist and shake it. He'd say, be great and lead us. Be great. And and as soon as you heard that from him, and lead us and be great, uh, That that's what he said to us all the time. And I'll tell you what, that's uh, like I used to tell Cliff, you know, in the, in that in the James Brown song, when he says, when James Brown said, Bobby, can I take it to the bridge? And I look at Cliff, I say, Cliff, you ready to take it to the bridge? He go, yeah, B, B, let's go, B, let's go. And watch him run out there and get introduced. It would be amazing, amazing. And see him during the game, uh, just waiting for him to explode. I'll tell you what, it, 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 was, it was a thrill for me to watch Cliff play and see him develop, man. It was unbelievable for me. Freddie, last one here when you think of Snake and Blanda and Daryl LaMonica, your great friend who recently passed away, and then the fact that Cliff caught touchdowns from Jim Plunkett. As long as you played in the area you played, to see that Cliff caught the first ring and the final ring from Super Bowl XI, 15, and 18, pretty incredible (laughs) what's happening. Not many receivers will ever be able to talk about that. Oh, never. I'll tell you what, you know, and people, and I'll tell you what, people, people, either they overlook it or they don't realize it, uh, what an impact he made from our first Super Bowl to the last Super Bowl. And I'll tell you what, to, to be able to play in, in that many Super Bowls and be effective, uh, it's, it's amazing. And you know what I always laugh about it is with, with Kenny, when Kenny gets ready to throw him the ball deep, uh, then a seven drop, seven, uh, seven step drop. Kenny was a three step drop and let it go. And Daryl, of course, didn't have to do that. And Plunkett didn't have to do that. But I'll tell you what, every time I used to tell Snake, I go, boy, you better let that ball roll. He said, that tell me. He says, it's a three step drop every time he goes deep, man. And he just laid out there and Clifford go, hunt it down. Amazing. Wow. And the great experiences with Jim and with Daryl, they both had that opportunity, you know, to experience that. So, it was a great thing, and I'll tell you what, to, to, uh, and I speak for everybody, to be able to play with Cliff and what he brought to the team, what he brought to the organization, and what he brought to the community is just amazing, just totally amazing. Well, for me, you know, last year when Peyton Manning came up to you and Charles Woodson and getting a chance to see you at Benders and other spots in towns, and now this is your guy, and the gold jacket is out and you're meeting up with a lot of legends, and you're representing Cliff and the family and the Raiders. I think this is a real special one for you. I think it's going to be important also to your legacy as Cliff isn't there and you're there for him. So I can't wait to see you on Wednesday. Ice one up for me, man. I'm ready to go. I can't wait I for this. Will, and I'll tell you what. This is going to be the biggest party the Raiders ever threw throughout the whole organization ever. And it's going to be terrific. We're going to look forward to it, and we're really going to celebrate. And I'm looking forward to you. And don't worry. You'll you'll have one on ice ready for you. Thanks, Freddie. Take care. Have a great day. Appreciate you. You too, JT. Fred Bolitnikoff. Wow, that's nice. He's in Canton. He's got a tight schedule, and he made time for us. Hey, Raider Nation, how excited are you that you got a flagship radio station with a guy like that calling in from Canton? That is really classy for his guy, and he said it at the end. This is the biggest party that the Raiders have ever thrown in their organization's history. Wow. Mark Davis, his best friend. 
right? George Atkinson, Mark Davis, Fred, Mrs. Davis, Marcel Reese now has a big role with the team. They're going big. They said this, hey, if Cliff gets in, we're going big. And other teams around the league that have a great legacy of more Super Bowls, not so much more Hall of Famers, but, you know, more Super Bowls and teams that have been iconic are going to look at the Raiders on Sunday after this thing ends up and go, what was that? Because it, it happened, and it should have happened years ago. And Mark, Mark's stepping up, man. Got to give him credit. As long as i known Mark, he likes a good time. He likes to celebrate, likes to take care of his own, and he's taking care of his guy in a big way. We should all be that fortunate to have a best friend like that. 702-365-9200. So, it was angry JT to Sean Watson. Happy JT with Freddie Belitnikoff. Now let me find some common ground here as we wait for AJ Perez to join us and Mike Florio. Very important to me that the NFL has a moral high ground because the the bottom line is the, the majority of the NFL from the men and women who work for the teams. We have a great new president here. The coaches and the staff and the players are all great people. They are. You don't get to the NFL by luck. You don't get to the NFL by playing high school, college, D1, make a team, make an NFL team. You got to be special. Every once in a while, some players get out of control. And there's a personal conduct policy for that. That has been under fire for the last decade. It could be Ben Roethlisberger in Tahoe. It could be Ray Rice in an elevator in Atlantic City. It could be PEDs. It could be a slap on the wrist for gambling on a team that you want to see. Whatever it is, personal conduct policy. Now we know where the league stands. Or not the league, let me take that back, as Roger Goodell can appeal. But this judge, this independent judge, thinks with all of this lewd behavior, And what Deshaun Watson was doing, and we know what he was doing during those massages. All the adults listening know exactly what his goal was and what he was doing there. That that's worth six games. If that holds, good luck enforcing this policy down the road. Because this is, this to me, is a slap on the wrist, and I don't think we should have a slap on the wrist for something like this. Let me get to Rod in Sacramento first. Rod, thanks for waiting. You're up next on the flagship of the Raiders. JT, thank you for all the respect you give to us on a daily basis. And, thank you. Uh, Fred has me jacked up. I'm flying in on Wednesday. Can't wait to get to Canton, much like last year. See you and the, the Raider fans. Uh, I know that there's going to be great parties, and I just can't wait to see it. Um, Cliff has been sort of a personal friend. We met him in Chico many times. He came uh, – with Mark, uh, Mark uh, mm-hmm. spent some time at Chico State, yep. and uh, you know what? Good story was we we're building our floats for to win a championship in Pioneer days, and uh, he's at our float building. Uh, so he's sitting around talking to people, and he's he, we were behind schedule. I said, "Hey, Cliff, can you help us out?" Sure. He gets on the chair starts folding flowers and stuffing it for the float. Mark's there with them. It was just, uh, he's just, you know, he would stop by our tailgate and show his rings off every Sunday as he entered the stadium. Just a great man of the people. And uh, it was just an honor to see him every time you saw him because he had that just excellent smile. Yeah, and so, yeah, the one thing that I do want to, 
to back up your story on the the in 2014 when I saw Bedane at uh, the stadium a preseason game, mm-hmm. and he he re he told me about the 10 year lease, and I knew in 2014. That day in preseason, the day the A's signed that 10-year lease, that the Raiders were going to move. That was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I got my PSL in Las Vegas, and it is so excellent. Um, that last game of the season against San Diego was probably one of the best games of all the 25 years of tailgating and going to the Oakland Coliseum. That game last year against San Diego was probably – one of the best I'd ever attend. Awesome. Got to run, my friend. Appreciate it. And my season tickets came today, and I put out a video. FedEx guy knocked on my door. I'm like, what? Did I get new gear? Raiders sent me a new polo shirt for Ken. What do I got here? Opened it up. My season tickets. I clicked on the video. A tradition unlike any other. What team does this? I mean, come on. Did you? The presentation of these, senior, of these season tickets are insane. The way they come up with that in that department. Does such a great job. The monologue brought to you by Meetup Vegas. What a deal they have. The hottest August bonus. $50 refer a friend all month long. Refer friends and they'll receive $25 off their first order. Tell them to use the discount code FRIEND. Plus, receive $25 off your next order. Use the discount code at checkout LOYAL. I just say use my hookup, JT Brick, and you'll get the deal that I get. I cooked out last night a couple of steaks, a couple of smaller ribs. My son's home. My other son's son's in college. We had a beautiful barbecue last night, all because of Meetup Vegas. If I don't have that hookup, you know I'm not going to the grocery store. No chance. Bring it to me. You bring it to me. Meetup Vegas brings me the box. I just move it into the freezer or get it ready on the grill. Proud partner of our show as we head to. Summer of Cliff. We really appreciate it. Our final guest for the Summer of Cliff. I, I don't like to use this term best friend. I have one best friend, the best man in my wedding, but I do have more than one best friend. I got two or three guys that I would do anything for. One of them will join us tomorrow with Cliff, Raymond Chester. I'm say I save Raymond for last and Freddie because those are the guys who really have deep, deep connections with him, along with Mark Davis and George Atkinson. George was the big get. For me, because I didn't know if George was up for it or I thought he'd be up for it, but he would get really emotional. George has had a lot of loss in his life and he's come through and he's at rate of practice with Mark uh, to get Raymond Chester tomorrow would be great. And then hopefully we'll see a couple other legends out there and talk to them when we recap everything. I'm watching NFL Network now and Ian Rappaport and James Palmer were out at rate of practice today and they're spending a lot of time talking about Alex Leatherwood who's got work with the first, second, and third team offense and how Lester Cotton Sr. is stepping up and it looks like he's going to play. 
He's going to be the guy that's ready to go, ready to play, and the guy most deserving to have an opportunity to play here, which I don't have a problem with. Again, I'm not an offensive line coach. you got to put the best five guys out there, period, and they better be legit. And I think everybody who is out there has played, has experience, is legit. But as they said on NFL Network, James Palmer said with Ian Rappaport, they're trying to find the comfort zone for Alex Leatherwood. He has the talent, but how does he fit into the system better? He's not a Dave Ziegler guy yet. Dave Ziegler didn't draft him, didn't reach for him in the first round, either to Josh McDaniels. But Leatherwood, because of his cost effect in this, cost a lot for a first-round pick, you don't want the dead cap hit. You want to try to make the, see if the player turns out to be something special. And a lot of offensive linemen. I mean, what have we been doing here for the last two months talking about Cliff Branch? Cliff was dropping the ball when he came into the league. Cliff was concerned about his future. Leatherwood played all those games last year. And when he went inside, he played better than outside at right tackle. They're trying to figure out what he can do under pressure in real games and how good of a player he could be. And that's going to be tough because we're going to have to sit here and be patient. And I know a lot of people don't want to be patient about this. They don't want to be patient when it comes to Alex Leatherwood. They want Leatherwood able to go, and they want him to be dominant. That's why you go out and get a player like this. You want a dominant player who's ready to go, who's ready to play, excited to play. And it seems like Lester Cotton Sr. is the talk of camp, along with a couple of receivers. I think they have good depth in the running back room. And then when it comes to the injuries, I was listening to the morning show today, and Vinny was chiming in about where was Darren Waller. Ian Rappaport said no problem. He was working out when they saw him there today. Uh, What will we see with Chandler Jones, who missed a couple of days of practice as a veteran? Really, I have nothing to report on there. I wasn't out there today, but you know Chandler Jones, I never expected him to play in this game and be involved in the first week, period, let alone the second or third preseason game. But when we know where he's been and when he's coming out, we'll let you know. And then it comes down to the player Carr, who looks fantastic, and Devontae looks great. And Trayvon Mullins' injury and when he could come back. And the development of Jonathan Abram. And how does Jonathan Abram get better quickly to not only make the team, but to start and be a player that can step up and do some great things there. So there's a lot of things happening coming up heading into this game, so I'm really excited to talk about that. A.J. Perez is going to join us in a little bit. Let me get to Raider Dave in Denver. Always a good phone call. How are you, Dave? Hey there, JT. You know, you have the uh, great responsibility to help Raider Nation on this great flagship of bringing us all the little tidbits that otherwise we wouldn't know about that happened throughout the parties and the days you're there. I think it's fantastic. You pulled my favorite Raider of all time. The only guy I've ever owned a jersey for, Freddie, to, to come on, and he sounded fantastic. I mean, I, the guy is just amazing. One, two, three, all up and down. And when I met Cliff, you know, he said everything about Freddie that he taught him everything that he could that he could teach him, and to help Cliff make you know be a great player. You know, I don't know what the NFL is going to do here, and I, I don't know that they have a standard yet. But they've had problems, you know, with the Ray Rice thing, like he broke up. They've or brought up. They've had Robert Kraft, you know, be guilty of you know, somewhat of the same kind of stuff. I think six games is just ridiculous. And I don't know if it's the woman saying, I don't want to have an image of giving this guy too much. I don't know if it's something where the NFLPA has just want to protect their players and, you know, kept it to where they can agree to something so low. But 
you know, atrocities against women, it's just, it's not tolerated. And I don't know how the, the women of Cleveland are even going to embrace any aspect of football as this. So I'm really pleased that you're taking the stance you're taking. I think you're right on. And I just hope to hear more from it, man. Yeah. Thank you. Well, there'll be an appeal. I'm really counting on the commissioner. Thanks for the call, Dave, to, for the commissioner. As, and Adam Schefter put out a statement on that as they have three days to appeal. I expect them to appeal. I'm thinking that the suspension's going to go up. But either way, Deshaun Watson's good now. It's six games that didn't affect his money. He's ready to go. He'll be fine going forward. And I would think Deshaun Watson's he's not allowed to have a masseuse outside the team organization. So I don't know him personally, but I hope he finds clarity in his life and he doesn't make mis- mistakes again. These were more than mistakes. He settled with these women for millions of dollars reportedly. And now he'll have an opportunity to clean up his career and get on with his life. And there's been players who have done bad things before and realized their mistakes and gotten better. And I hope that happens for him. But I think the suspension is a joke. And it should be much more stronger. It should be a stronger suspension period. A.J. Perez, kind enough to check in. He's been covering this story as good as anybody from front office sports. He joins us on the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio. A.J., thanks for a few minutes. Were you surprised by the six games, or were you expecting more like I was? Yeah, I was thinking six to eight would be would be uh, where she would come down on it. And just because, you know, there was no, you know, there, there were those two grand juries didn't indict him. There are a lot of allegations laid out in the 25-plus lawsuits, um, and he settled all but one of them now. One was thrown out. But um, I think it's, uh, you know, that's right in line now. It's a big question now. There's three days for the NFL to challenge, or the NFL PA to challenge her ruling. Will that, uh, you know, will the NFL step in? Goodell has the final say on this. Yeah, and that's what I always thought. If Roger Goodell, it's a really tough place for Roger Goodell to be in if he doesn't increase the suspension. As you know, it's gone viral, all the other suspensions we've seen from marijuana with Josh Gordon and other light suspensions. Robert Kraft and his lack of suspension and all of this looming for Roger Goodell. Wouldn't it be easier for him just to take it up? another two games and go maybe to eight to 10 and say, Hey, we're good here. And he's got the power still. He's the commissioner and everybody at least respects him for doing something. Yeah, exactly. There were reports that the NFL came off the uh, indefinite, which would have been a one year suspension at least. And was going towards was, was offering 12 games and a pretty large fine. Uh, if he increases it too much, you know, there's, there's always a chance that the NFL PA um, which said in the statement Sunday that 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 it would respect Robinson's decision, probably knowing that it would it would it would be in a range where that was acceptable to Watson and the NFLPA. But if that this could be a court challenge, if it does, if he does increase it to eight, ten, twelve games, you know, I could see them going to federal court, which uh, you know, because Goodell has mm. had pretty good success over you know the the flight gate took a while, like there was a couple. You know, rulings that went against the NFL on that, but ultimately his authority was upheld. A.J. Perez joins us, front office sports. So after reviewing what retired Judge Sue L. Robinson said in her decision, what were some of the takeaways for you about why this was kind of light, considering how important this is, setting a precedent going forward in NFL history? I think she was, uh, I know, she, she, had, she had a tough job because, you know, like, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, without with, with, without a criminal uh, any criminal charges, you know, you have to basically, she's left up to um, how there's so many allegations out there, many, many very serious allegations, but she had, she, she, she looked like she parsed, you know, parsed the, 
the um, information she got from as part of the NFL investigation. And um, I, I'm not saying there's holes in it. You know, any anytime there's sexual sexual misconduct, sexual assault, it's it's really really hard. And that's why there's been so much blowback because you know it's really hard to not believe the victims. And I think she believed a lot of this stuff, but there is. You know, there, there's, there could have been some credibility issues. We don't know. She had to parse through all that. And, um, and also the NFLPA going the entire time in there saying that uh, Watson deserved no – he deserved to miss no games. Yeah, that's what's incredible to me. We're talking to A.J. Perez, kind of kind enough to join us from front office sports. So when I look at this, it's almost like this was a genius move by Cleveland, how they signed him with the signing bonus – of over forty million and a small salary for this year, and he's losing over three hundred thousand dollars. It makes Jimmy Haslam and the front office of Cleveland look really sharp in regards to the downside and Deshaun Watson getting all of his money. I think that's where there could be some really big blowback if a lot of people in the media yeah. stay on top of this topic. How do you see that? Exactly. I mean, when we found out about that low base salary for this upcoming season, that was that, that the optics were just so bad and. You know, it was this. This got leaked back in March, and it was uh, right after, basically, right after, within hours or days of him of of the trade, and that that just looked bad. You know, it's like this. The, the NFL looks bad right now. Like you mentioned, the other marijuana sports betting suspensions being so much longer than than the six games that Watson, as of now, um, was uh, punished for. Yeah, it is. There's always it's 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 always a moving target with these things, and. There shouldn't be because you know there are standards. There, 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 there is a baseline six-game suspension for these kind of things. But you know, it's 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 one thing to have it in policy. It's another thing for uh, someone like Judge Robinson, who's very very well respected, to come down with the uh, you know with the with the basically the, the six-game baseline uh, suspension. Mm-hmm. You know, this it's it's this is a, this case has evolved like no other uh, that I've covered, and I've been doing this for a while. Yeah, A.J. Perez joins us as we wrap it up. So when it comes to the personal conduct policy, it needed to evolve. If, and correct me if I'm wrong, because the union thought the, com- the commissioner had too much power, which has been going on since the beginning of sports and commissioners, that the unions have thought that, you know, judge and jury and being the commissioner and what Roger Goodell has done in the past. So Roger Goodell would take a step back, have a retired independent judge helping the decision. But at the end, the caveat is, that Roger Goodell has the final decision, if I'm correct on this. So does yeah. this put more pressure on Roger Goodell now? This is one of the biggest pressure-packed decisions he's ever had, and he's had a lot of them dating back to Spygate, to Flategate, Ray Rice. He's got Daniel Snyder, the John Gruden emails. This is a big one for him. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 if, you, if you remember the Big Ben one, um, and that was, yeah. that was either that was either late Paul Tagliabue or, or early uh, Goodell. I mean, that was... And they went back and forth between I, before I think it was uh, ended up getting getting cut down by two games. Um, so that it's 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 a very he's in a you know Goodell's in a tough spot because if he if he if he goes for a twelve or a or an indefinite or the indefinite ban, you know, put him on the commissioner's list. You know, that's going to be he, he he has that authority, but will the NFLPA challenge that in court? And I think that's the only way. And this and so he has a you know and that could drag this on where it's in where it'll possibly if they get the injunction delay the suspension as we saw with with uh zeke elliott and and some others so it's uh mm-hmm. it, it's he, he he has a tough job ahead of him because we saw the blowback today on social media and the columns already coming out just blasting it 
Yeah, I think it's fascinating. So you've been working on this for a while here. You kind of thought it would be 8 to 10. It's 6. You do think, or I, I want to get you on the record with this, even though we don't know what's going to happen. Do you think that Roger Goodell will make that tough decision or the fact that we're moving quick and training camps here and I'll be in Canton, Ohio on Wednesday and this is happening really fast, that they're just going to brush this under and pound it through and it's going to be six games. What are you guessing here? I would not be shocked if Goodell adds a couple games, at least a couple games, mm-hmm. makes it eight. Or, or maybe a couple more makes it 10. Um, but there's, it, he has to strike a balance. You know, does he, the, as, as much as the NFL wants to move past this, and I'm sure the Browns fans and Watson wants to move past this, you know, having, having the six games with 25-plus, you know, then actually the 30, you know, the, the Texans settled with 30 of the accusers. So there's at least, you know, we know there's 30. We saw the New York Times report about how many times he used these massage therapists and the way he used them. Very many times, very inappropriately, if not, you know, it was there was sexual misconduct alleged there. So it's 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 tough. I could see him adding two now. If if, if it goes yeah. to an eight or a ten game, will the NFLPA go to court? Um, that's that's going to be the next question. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they will. I mean, what they put out ahead of time is that they'd be good with the decision here, and I think they probably the PA realized that there'd be an appeal, and Goodell would probably add on some games if he added it from ten or 12 to a full season, I could see it going to court here. But I don't think the PA wants that. I think they'll, they could probably live with six. They love six. They could probably handle eight. Then if we get over eight and we go to 10, then maybe that could be a difference. AJ, I know you've been really busy. Yeah. You guys do a great job. Thanks for uh, putting some time together for me. I really appreciate you doing this. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you. AJ Perez, front off of sports. Great work from him. One of the guys I've been following the whole time. Will the NFL exercise its right to appeal the decision to the commissioner of the NFL? For now, according to Mike Florio, who joins us in 15 minutes, for now the league has not answered the question. Here's the statement from the league issued moments ago. Quote, we thank Judge Sue L. Robinson, the independent disciplinary officer, for her review of the record and attention during a three-day hearing that resulted in her finding multiple violations of the NFL personal conduct policy by Deshaun Watson. We appreciate Judge Robinson's diligence and professionalism throughout the process pursuant to the collective bargaining agreement. The NFL or the NFLPA on behalf of Watson may appeal the decision within three days. In light of her findings, the league is reviewing Judge Robinson's imposition of a six-game suspension and will make a determination on the next steps. So I think that that's Roger Goodell in the league saying, we're coming. We're coming back. We want more games. And if not, if this goes away, I don't know what to say next. We're brought to you by Remy Martin, also home of the botanist gin, that cool, refreshing gin that you want to try, you want to be a part of, want to see what they got going there. It's fantastic. I'm a vodka guy, but I mixed in a gin, ice tonic, and fans love it. It's that good. We appreciate Remy Martin as they are helping us get out to Canton, Ohio. What a proud partner for Cliff Branch. So it was a fabulous year because during that season, we had traded Kenny Stabler to Houston for Dan Pastorina, and, and here was Jim going through the same thing that he went through in 83, being the starter, losing his job for an injury when Mark Wilson take it off. 
Now he's in the same situation as a backup, and instead of letting him compete for the job, they was giving the job to Pastorini right off the bat. And then at the fifth game of the season, Pastorini got hurt, and Jim took us on this roller coaster ride where we were. He was nine and two as a starter, taking us to the Super Bowl and being MVP of the Super Bowl and being comeback player of the year. It was just a Cinderella story. That's Cliff on Jim Plunkett, and I think that's an important soundbite on why Jim Plunkett should be in the Hall of Fame. Does he have the passing stats and touchdowns as Hall of Famers do? No. He has the postseason and the history of the Super Bowl, and he took a team, and Jim at that time was a third stringer, uh, a second stringer on paper, but a guy was resting and then the 9-2 and two record and wins the Super Bowl? That's got to add up for more than 50 or 40 extra touchdowns in the regular season. That's really the only thing you could say about Jim Plunkett in the Hall of Fame. How is Jim going to get in the Hall of Fame? He will not get in with his stats. He can't. Look at the stats now in the NFL. They're insane. He's not getting in. Cliff's stats hold up because of his playoff stats. And he had massive regular season stats, but his playoff numbers and Super Bowl numbers were exceptional. Same with Jim. Jim doesn't have the Hall of Fame stats in the regular season. What he has is the postseason and two Super Bowls and a Super Bowl MVP. Rookie of the year. Comeback player of the year. Wild card winner of the Super Bowl. You got to add that all up and then tell a story. And that's the way Jim Plunkett can get in. 702-365-9200. Passionate Raider. Heading to the Hall of Fame here on the flagship. Passionate Raider, thanks for calling. What up, JT? Man, what a... What a... What a week we've been waiting for, man. It's finally here. Get to kick, put the pads on, go out and hit somebody, man. But kind of a little nervous about what I heard today, JT. Maybe you could fill mm. me in if I didn't hear it clearly. I heard something about Chandler Jones got shook up or something at practice. Um, I, I don't no. know. I just I thought that that's what I heard. And I no, heard that wasn't him. The, the NFL Network reported that on a punt uh, that Renfro went out of bounds and kind of lightly collided with Devontae, and they were fine. So that wasn't what I heard on Chandler Jones. I wasn't out at practice today. Here I was doing uh, the show and, and preparing these interviews today. So I don't have anything okay. on that. But, but, man, it's just a great honor, man. Finally, you know, I, I'm a little – it really wasn't in Cliff Branch's area and didn't get to see him play a lot live and whatnot. And just by all the stories I've got to hear the past year about mm. the man, he was a true, true gentleman and a true man of greater nation. And, and so glad that he's finally going in the hall, man. And, for everyone that's heading out there this week, JT, man, I, I, I'll be at work working hard, but I'll be there with you guys in spirit, man. I'm just, this is so awesome. The season's finally kicking off. Let's just hope the, the good juju keeps moving, man, because we got one, one thing in mind this year, JT. Trophy season. Let's go, Raiders! Come on! This is a nice way to kick off the season. It's, it's better than expected. It really is. To have Cliff Branch get inducted and play in the Hall of Fame game, and I think I speak for a lot of people. We got to see some of these backups play. Oh my God, we got to see some of these backups play. We got to see the offensive linemen take snaps as they're building up the offensive line to see who's going to start. Big interview coming up. Mike Florio joins us live from Pro Football Talk on Deshaun Watson. You don't want to miss that. <laughs> 